This is a recording of the panel conversation Sustain, a conversation to inform how the art educations can engage with sustainability issues such as climate, gender, ethnicity, economy, and work-life balance. The panelists are Juliana Hodkinson, composer, Julie's Bicycle alumni and chair of Danish Composers Society, Sara Hellebæk, climate activist, co-founder of the Green Student Movement and teacher at Krogerup Højskole, and Kenneth Balfeldt, artist and head of Kenneth Balfeldt Team. The session was hosted by Jakob Teilgaard from Bæredygtig Scenekunst nu. Thank you so much for participating in this talk. Um, my name is Jakob Teilgaard. I represent the association Bæredygtig Scenekunst nu, And today I will be moderating the talk between you three. Um, first of all, before getting started, I just want to make a disclaimer. Because just listen to the word moderate. It means that somebody is standing on the outside trying to modify what's going on. I would rather not. I would more be a part of the conversation, nourishing what's going on here. And I encourage not only the three of you, but everybody in here to use our hive minds. That's the new keyword for me, at least. The hive mind is a word that comes from uh, bees or ants. They are not uh, seen anymore as individuals, but as organisms. So I encourage all of us to be a hive mind today and really see if we can get the conversation going and nourish each other on the path towards sustainable sustainable solutions within the cultural institutions and educations. Um, so, yeah, just that was just the disclaimer, and then I hope you're all set for that. Um, I'm happy that you three could be here. Um, this is my piece of note paper today, so don't see this as something that's very um, not friendly, me looking down to, into a phone, but this is my, uh, my note paper today. So I would like, first of all, that we have a short presentation round um, where you get to introduce yourself shortly, and then we'll move into a conversation consisting of three main questions, but I guess we will skedaddle around, all around this topic. So um, first of all, I'm going to say hi to you, to Sarah uh, Hillebeck. Um, you are one of the co-founders of uh, Den Grønne Studenterbevægelse, yes? And you're working today as a teacher at Kroerup Højskole. Can you just shortly give a presentation of, of what your background is? And yeah. yeah, thank you so much for showing up. And it's a really big honor for me to sit in such a beautiful room and yeah, to be here and um, take part in this day. Um, I must disclaim at the beginning, I'm not, uh, I don't have a background in arts. I have a boring bachelor degree in agricultural <laughs> economics. That was a big mistake. <laughs> and then I started studying um, climate change at the University of Copenhagen. So I'm kind of trying to um, bridge the academics uh, in regards to the ecological crisis. So both economics, uh, politics and also the natural sciences. But then I stepped out of academia uh, about a half year ago. I didn't want to finish my master degrees because I sat at the university and felt so frustrated about us talking a lot and not doing anything. Because uh, in 2018, I was part of the group founding, as you said, uh, the Green Student Movement that just shifts its name to the Green Youth Movement to not be so academic only in its uh, title. 
And uh, in the same year, I was part of the group making the first big climate demonstrations. Um, there was some in 2009 where Copenhagen hosted the COP15 meeting, of course, with hundreds of thousands of demonstrations uh, or demonstrants in uh, the streets of Copenhagen. But in 2018 and 19, we succeeded with having about 20,000. And then before the election in 2019, we succeeded in having 40,000 uh, showing up in the streets uh, of Copenhagen, claiming um, yeah, the right for a just and green future. So my part or my history is um, a lot about activism. And then I kind of uh, moved my engagement from uh, the social movements and youth movements of Copenhagen to uh, Northern Zealand up to Kroop High School, where I then uh, sat with a blank piece of paper and wanted to kind of transform all this knowledge and experience into pedagogical, uh, a pedagogical idea of how to um, how to make Danielse <laughs> a very uh, not cool word today I can sense um, but um, how to kind of encourage the, a new generation of people to feel courage and to uh, know where to find hope and to act in uh, the ecological crisis and then my newest project is to start a farming school because the farming educations uh, in Denmark are really not uh, sufficient for the future that we are facing. So uh, making education kind of uh, outside the system uh, has become my mission uh, in these years. Thank yeah. you so much, Sarah. And then we're moving on to Kenneth Belfeld. You are the head of Kenneth Belfeld team and you're an artist as well. Um, I, I am very curious to hear what is your background and, and, uh, and where you're headed right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm educated as an artist, but before that I also had a career in, in marketing and had a, had a degree from uh, CBS, Copenhagen Business School, uh, and worked in the business environment for 11 years before I turned into art, which I've been doing for the last 20 years or so. And um, for the last six years I've been working a lot with um, trying to prevent stress in society uh, because I, th I see it as a in a way as a generator for a lot of things that are not happening. I mean, there's a lot of things we, we see is not happening in society. And I think a lot of that can come down to that each individual in, in the business environment, in the political environment and in educational environment and so on, are all stressed out and full of things and have so many things on their plates that they can't really focus and be present and, and, and really consider what is what needs to be done and, and can, um, deliver the sufficient energy and focus on it to, to create quality. Mm. Um, and I think we see a lot of things in society that if you go down and, and really analyze it, it comes down to people being stressed. Yeah. So I think there's something underneath everything that is happening that is not sustainable. Exactly. And and just to, to make it clear for everybody, the, the you have a is it a consultancy group or, or the Kenneth Belfield team? It's, a, it's an artistic association. Yeah. So so it's it's just a way of um, organizing yourself as an artist yeah. to have an association for evening. Um and a team because it's it's a team because I work with different people on all projects yeah. uh, and, and such so to include them in so it's not only me, but it's also other people and with different professions or in different projects. 
but as I, as I, I was researching a little bit about uh, the three participants here and, and what I came across when, when looking at your work, Kenneth, is that it seems like you are um, using your artistic profession and your artistic uh, uh, interest in changing, uh, in, in making changes in civil society. Is that correct? It, totally. Yeah. I mean, I, I have, made, have made, you know, real art back in the days and I just got too impatient i mean real i mean i mean like objects and, and paintings and and video and photography and performances and so on with an institution art institution and i just became too impatient in changing the world <laughs> via that so i yeah. needed to go out there and, and and use art as a platform and and as a strategy and as a method yeah. and as a room you know to invite people into the let's come into this room mm -hmm. and let's change this urban space together Yeah. Now we are in an artistic, an art room, so we can do whatever we want. Yeah. So trying to use that as a generator to, to experiment and to develop new ideas. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. And finally, we have Juliana Hutkinson, who is the chair of uh, the Com Danish Composer Society. Is that right? Yes. And you're also a Julius Beisigel alumni. Uh, like you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like me. <laughs> But uh, just tell us a little bit about yourself and, and uh, where you're heading with your work right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, so I was told, you know, we rock up today uh, f above all as ourselves. And yeah. uh, uh, so uh, in that way, I'm, I'm a composer. I'm a mother. Uh, and that totally kind of like influences my view of the future, mm. uh, um, like for many for many other other people. So that's the kind of bottom line for education for, uh, for me. Um, uh, and, um, and, and then I'm also... Uh, a teacher um, in in the music academy in in Aarhus, which is which is another another frame. Um, uh, but uh, in the in the uh, Danish uh, Composers uh, Union, we've just uh, society we've just uh, signed up to uh, music declares an emergency uh, because we uh, felt that was very necessary, and uh, we also very. Uh, take a lot of uh, strength from the fact that uh, Julie's Bicycle also started in the music industry because the music industry has so many big challenges with uh, touring, audience, uh, amplification and, and so on. We have, we have these very, very uh, particular kind of challenges that are partly shared with other art forms or each art form has its own uh, version, version of that. But um, Uh, so, so, so we decided it's time to stop talking about a crisis, and we just talk about an emergency now. Uh, and that that was uh, that that was kind of like one uh, one way for us to 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 look at the way that we talk talk about things with a little bit more uh, urgency. Um, and uh, within also the Danish Composers Union uh, um, Society. Why do I keep calling it union? It's not a union. <laughs> um, uh, uh, we we also started a, a network that has very much actually to do with sound and farming. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, Is because uh, it's together with my colleague Arash uh, Pandey that uh, that I've started this up, uh, and he has a background in in farming, um, and it, we saw so many par par uh, parallels in both kind of the. Uh, Um, f field to plate uh, uh, aspect of food production, which it has very much also kind of we can follow this also in uh, uh, creative and musical processes and, and going towards production and so on. And what kind of a product is that? Uh, do we change the product? Do we change the process or, or, or the whole thing? Mm -hmm. um, and uh, and and also uh, you know biodiversity, of course, as uh, uh, as an inspirational model for all kinds of cultural and artistic 
diversity. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so th that's kind of where we're at. And just uh, for everybody who is not acquainted with Julie's Bicycle, because you mentioned them already, it's a, it's a, an organization from the UK who for the last uh, 15 years have been working on solely uh, transforming the cultural sector, not only in the UK, but they're really front runners in Europe, um, using education, um, really uh, raising awareness of uh, what we call climate literacy, which is basically that we all get the understanding of the complexity of uh, Of, of, of the climate issue also in the cultural sector. So uh, they are really the front runners with raising awareness about climate justice and so forth. Um, yeah. Mm. But um, uh, we have three main questions that we want to come around for this talk today. But first of all, uh, 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 I asked the three of you to send me a little bit of text in advance of what you do and where your key focuses are. And in, in this case, I placed Juliana at the very end of, of the row here because Juliana came up with some kind of manifesto, I would also, always, also almost say you're really engaged in, in some questions that you needed answers for. So in this case, I would just ask you to bring that forth and we'll start with that, with that puddle of questions. And then again... I also invite you to, because let's make a non-formal room. If you have any questions or anything you want to add, raise your hand, use your voice, and bring it into the table. So we're in this together. You, we have something, both Juliana and I, we, we took this education in, in spring called... Um, uh, Yeah, what was it called? Creative, Creative climate. climate Leadership, it was called, by Julie's Bicycle. And one of the main, one of the key things I learned there, just to put it very short, is that the Western part of the world created colonization. We colonized the world. That led up to industrialization, which basically led to the climate crisis that we're in right now. And I think this is kind of key in the whole talk about what is sustainability And how do we work around sustainability today? Because in this case, in this talk, we're focusing on the, the climate area of sustainability, but we cannot um, shut our eyes away from also inclusion and diversity. That, that is all connected. So, so it, we have to be aware of this. So we have to acknowledge that sustainability today is also um, Acknowledging that the people who are suffering most from climate change right now are the small cultural societies uh, around the world who were one of the first areas where we exploited, where the western part of the world exploited. They are also the victims of the climate um, injustice that we're facing today. So it's, bear that, have that in mind for the talk. Um, but Juliana... Go ahead. Uh, yeah, but I mean, I, I totally started this course thinking, hey, I came here to talk about green stuff and, and, and not all this. I've been doing gender 24-7 for the last 20 years and diversity, we have many people talking about that, but, you know, like, can we get to the green stuff? And, and this kind of coupling that you can't do the one without, we have to move on all fronts at the same time mm -hmm. and with urgency on them all, you know, like that, that, that's the kind of thing we can't just pick and choose and yep. like say, well, well, I'll work on this. Of course, we, we, we can specialize uh, but, and we need to know that somebody else is doing that so I can go into depth in this. But at the same time, there's, uh, yeah, they're, they're so connected and that's so relevant for us with the, particularly with arts and arts education because it's, yeah, our, our, our existence and identity and all those things that we negotiate there. Uh, one thing that, I, that I've kind of like been, you know, uh, fruitfully struggling with and trying to be productive with is the question of, like uh, in relation to our future visions, which are all, of course, 
uh, from now on uh, and for the next generation as well, the, the center of every future vision is this emergency uh, and this mess that we're in. Uh, and we don't yet have the way out, you know. And this week, if looking in the news has just confirmed that we're not going to make it for 1.5 or 2 degrees. That's the situation we are, we are in and that we have to deal with. So when are we, when we talk about sustainability, when are we talking about compliance uh, that we try to sort of like fulfill what we need to do because some law legislation and so on has has which is also great guidance and 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 helps us a lot but turns out to be insufficient when are we interested in compliance and when do we have a proactive uh, agenda that whatever sector we're in um, that we are we can, are actually trying to turn around that sector in order to uh, to create the solution um, and and not not just sort of comply with what could be a solution if everyone else sticks to it um, uh, we're in this massive change of value system uh, regarding our material and our immaterial values. This, this uh, existential change of meaning of everything is something, of course, that we're all very much involved in, and, and the arts are so, you know, like so bound up in that. Um, and, and this is also the, the work that our students have to do, like to deal with that change of meaning. And so, what we are delivering from the generation, which has some range of meanings and values on offer, uh, is is, is is quickly going to have they're going to have to overtake that and mm. redefine that you know um and it's for that that we have to kind of like you know equip them um uh, i think it's also already been uh, said several times today uh, behavioral change also the role of the arts in uh, in, in in inspiring for uh, behavioral change uh, but also creating new systems so it's a new idea for us in Europe, in Northern Europe, uh, to wake up and realize we have the wrong system. You know, the Enlightenment turns out gave us the wrong system. <laughs> and all our ideas of culture is based on that. You know, the whole idea of the subject uh, and uh, and the subject as uh, expressing something which could have a universal value and everything. This is not just something to be updated or refreshed, um, but it, it, it's actually something that, that is in the way. So following on from colonialism, the link between colonialism and Western art and culture is just so, is still so close that we still have to unpack that much, 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 much more <laughs> um, to find out, you know, which, which views of culture uh, are relevant for, for a society that, that's going to uh, work on these uh, problems, the contemporary problems of colonialism and, of course, the historical ones. And we are all very involved, and particularly uh, in music academies, we're very involved in historical uh, v views of Western culture. So we really have a lot more work to do with that and looking at the... Um, the presentation this morning and this what if question what if the voice is racist we have to also ask what if our system is racist mm -hmm. because it is um, so uh, we have to be also much more frank about talking about ethnic diversity um, when we have a systemic uh, kind of um, racism in in the way that we deal with student bodies that have for example betailing studiana, uh, students that pay and, and bestow diversity on our institutions by paying to come mm. uh, and uh, uh, the idea of cultural export as a measure of international career, uh, but export without import or exchange quite often. Um, um, the, the idea of, um, uh, of 
artistic citizenship and cultural citizenship in a part of the world where, uh, which is renowned for now um, uh, having an extremely exclusionary idea of citizenship. Um, how do we deal with that? Um, and then all the other aspects <laughs> uh, of uh, migration and immigration, which uh, are in a heap, which professionally we find very difficult mm. to deal with. Um, so this is this is this is some of the things I I, I can go on, but yeah, I think no, no, my but, five but, minutes. Is yeah, yeah, exactly. No, but, <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's just great to open just to, those yeah, boxes. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so so yeah. so the task for for this talk would be to at the same time um, have all the the very large questions up here, and then also try to be very practical here, because in this case we have the the seven national art schools gathered here today, and this is also a talk about where should they go in the future, what are their role in society, how can their students, how can the students uh, be a part of this transition that we obviously have to undergo everybody. As, as Greta Thunberg said once, um, change is going to come whether you like it or not. And and this is where we're heading. The the change, the, the way the climate change will change our societies is unavoidable. So this is also a task for us to, as soon as possible, to make the necessary changes so we can um, redesign the way we want to live in this new normal. Yeah. So, so the first question here is, um, what do you think, or uh, what do you think needs to be qualified or, or developed in order to to enhance sustainability within the cultural sector? So I know it's a, it's a big question, but but again, we have three great minds here. In a way, I see you representing um, both uh, education on a very practical level through core or high school, but also you're representing starting up an organization. The the role of um, organizing yourselves in order to change, create change. And I see with you, Kenneth, that you represent this, um, this very hands-on, using the artistic um, practice in order to create change within the civil society. And then we have here more the, um, I would say more the, um, what, what would you call it, the, the more, uh, um, uh, that, you, that you're sitting in a, in, as a chair in an organization and you can from there on make some changes. That, that's also a, a way of, so in a way I see three different approaches here actually of how to create change. So I would really love, love to hear your views here. How, should, how can we create, how can we enhance the sustainable change in society? May I start? Yeah, you okay, can. Nice. This is kind of my favorite thing yes. of talking about how to make this change because I mean, um, with all the questions that you raise, it's really easy to feel apathy in this world. And I think that kind of when I wake up every morning, that is what we are fighting. That's what I think when I get out of bed. And um, I think that um, what I, then when I sat with the blank piece of paper at Co-op and I had to make this new course, um, what I really want us to, um, to investigate and to explore, just to be in line with the presentation we heard before, was um, that people should feel um, courage to kind of uh, go out and act and explore what is a good and meaningful life in the light of these crises. And that means that you need to know how severe these crises are. So I think that every human being and every institution, especially in the, in the privileged part of the world, is 
uh, obligated to facilitate conversations about the severeness of these crises, but then never to leave people without hope. <laughs> so in that way, we always need to kind of follow up on the question, what is the good and meaningful life in the light of this? And um, in my opinion, I see the art and the cultural uh, sector as having the greatest gift of all, because you are the ones who have the opportunity to make the more... Um, kind of um, visionary um, conversations and make people think and dream especially and that is what I'm really keen about that young people they must not lose their hope and their dreams for, the, for a better future. Um, so in that way I think um, we all need to understand what, is, what, is, what am I motivated for contributing with because we all bear a responsibility to take part in this transition and what my key message must be today is that it's not enough to talk about it. You really need to know how to act. And uh, of course, as a climate activist, I really uh, kind of expect all of you to show up to the climate march that we are hosting tomorrow, because I know when people ask me, does it even matter, Sarah? You spend so much time being a climate activist. Isn't it just for fun or like <laughs> people go play soccer every Tuesday, you just do your climate <laughs> activism. But I mean, that was what transformed the election in 2019. Mm -hmm. So I really need you to show up because we need to insist on this transformation of society step by step. And uh, one Danish author named Tesco Hansen, he read um, or he wrote a, a paper on where he reflected a bit about responsibility in the 50s. And one uh, thing I really like from that text is that he says that everybody, when they make speeches, and I do that a lot, they can kind of overcome the complexity of all the crises. So I can, as maybe as you just did, you kind of uh, listed up yeah. all the complexity that we need to remember, yeah. but it's really hard to act upon. Yes. And then it's... So the interesting question is not only do we understand the crisis and the complexity, I think the interesting question is what do we do about mm. it and how can I actually get out of bed tomorrow? Mm. And that is um, to talk about then again, not um, the things that means the most. So what uh, is most important to me? What do I feel responsible for? And I think one of the things um, that I would like to add to the presentation we heard before was that we cannot do this alone. It's really, really wrong to see this as a competition against individuals or against smaller uh, groups in society. It's really about understanding where to organize and what fellowship to take part in. Hmm. Yeah. Thank you so much. Great. Uh, I, I would like to continue with the question to, to the both of you also. How do so? Yeah. So let's let's get let's get practical. Let's let's go into action instead of the talking that you that you're referring to here. Um, what kind of actions need to be taken in, 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 um, to enhance sustainability within the cultural sector? Hmm. I mean, it's really beautiful what you're saying, because I we kind of had the same analysis that <clears throat> in order to work with stress, instead of saying we have to move away from stress, it could be the climate change or something else, but instead of moving away from stress, we should rather move towards meaningfulness. Hmm. So we have that as a as a frame as well, as an objective as well. And when we, when we try to deal with stress. And so, so we had one project where we try, it was an exhibition as an art museum in, in Aalborg called Kunsten, um, which was about the future of work life. And um, <clears throat> we tried to, 
to give um, to come up with an idea to how we can have meetings in different ways that are less stressful and more meaningful and more creative. Because we see that everything in society, everything comes through meetings. Nothing is decided, <laughs> nothing is done, nothing happens without it coming through meetings. So how can we, you know, work on that little generator, whatever mm. we call it, platform, yeah. and, and, and change that. And, and so we had a very, maybe dogmatic, program for how to have meetings. We had a space, a, a room, which was less stressful than other types of rooms, normal uh, work rooms, uh, meeting rooms. But we also had a, a guide to how to have meetings that we had to uh, facilitate us. Who you, you could book the room and uh, have your meeting there to learn and you can take the booklet with you and you could practice it at home. So with that, we tried to <clears throat> infuse presence as one thing. Yeah. That if you're actually present in, in when you have a meeting and, and see the other persons that are there and have you know conversations where you're actually listening, that is one thing. We also had this, uh, we had lots of different um, methods to, 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 to do the meeting in a different way. And one of them was that you should think about, okay, now we are talking about this subject and, and deciding this, but is this good for, is it win, win, win? It's a new thing I learned. <laughs> is it good for me? And so, so when you are here in this organization and this workplace, that's, I work there, I get paid to be there, or I'm studying there, or whatever you are, where you are in this meeting. Um, but, but for me personally, is that in integrity with me? Is this okay with me, what we are talking about? So that's the first win. The second one, is it good for the community, for the workspace, for the company, mm -hmm. for the educational organization, for the political party, whatever you have the meeting, is it good for that? And this is where we normally talk about this is what we normally talk about. Is it good for the company, mm -hmm. what we are deciding now? Mm -hmm. And the third one is, is it good for society, mm -hmm. for the climate, for whatever? So just to try to kind of, you know, expand the perspective in the meetings yeah. and see if... And, and, and what was interesting was that we had, a, we had 15 directors trying out our meeting setting. Um, and we talked to them about it. And they said, we actually have a challenge in recruiting people today and one of the things that you that we are pointing to this thing about taking your integrity with you mm. on the workspace could be something we could use so they could actually tap into that that actually that people need to be in the integrity it's no longer you cannot just be the company's man as we say no. uh, uh, and and just do something for the workplace without yourself and without society no. within that equation so, so that was one project we did. And then we had just had a project at the Charlottenburg uh, where we developed ideas to, to work with stress and anxiety. Prestationspress in English. Um, yeah, that's good. Um, you only have it in Denmark. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you that's say? <laughs> Performativity yeah. pressure. Yeah. Performativity yeah. pressure, you. yeah. Exactly. So, so how we can work with that with students, mm. uh, and, and we work with the teachers' education mm. as a as a case to work with them. Fifty-two percent of the t the teacher students have stress. Mm. Uh, I, I mean, have reported yeah. that they have uh, stress a lot. Uh, 
52%. And they are the ones, and that's why we want to work with the teachers, they are the ones who are going to establish an educational environment for our youth, for our children. Yeah. So they, you know, it, it, you know, we, I mean, I'm 56. Mm. I, had st- I was down with stress, I had a mm. breakdown. And my generation, uh, our generation maybe, <laughs> have not succeeded in preventing our kids no. from getting stressed. And now our mm-hmm. teachers yeah. have stressed and they're going to go out and, 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 you know, put it onto our, their, their behavior, mm-hmm. their methods, their, their way of living, uh, their, their yeah. lack of focus and yes, whatever. Exactly. Yeah. They're going to put that onto our children. So, so, yeah. So, yeah. so we tried to see how we can work with that on this school and, and would like to come out to educational yeah. institutions to implement yeah. new ways of, of being. And, and I just want to f- finish up with, yeah. with, with, for me, and this is just a, a thesis that presence is a threat to capitalism. Hmm. Yes. And when you talked about, I don't remember who said mm-hmm. it, but this thing about that, uh, yeah, colonization, mm. industrialization, mm. capitalism as part of that yes. system doing that, yeah. which makes us buy all kinds of shit, which destroys our yeah. world basically. Yeah. So, so there's something for me. There's a connection between if you're just if we are more present, we need we need less shit. Mm-hmm. You know, we need less commodities and things, and and we are just and we are happier, yeah. and we are more in connection. We are more with people and have a nicer time together yeah so there's something yeah exactly yeah. thank you so much uh, so so what actually what i'm hearing you saying is to focus on on actually going through uh, the, our well-being in order to create change basically but i'm yeah i i'm that's what the, my way of putting it's, it it's, i mean it's one fragment we can exactly. i don't think we can make the climate change no. without looking at our exactly. own presence exactly That's But it. in this case, we're also looking at at, at a, an educational system here with seven schools represented. Um, uh, the way uh, the way we usually in our work uh, in our in the association I represent here, uh, the way we usually work is to actually sometimes um, divide uh, the work into uh, what kind of new narratives can art present in order to change uh, to create sustainable change in the civic society, and how. Do you produce or create art in a more sustainable manner? So, if we were just to focus on that right now with the with the educational system, on these two things, what can be changed? What does the educational system right now need in order to, on both uh, one hand, uh, create awareness of sustainable change through new narratives, and on the other hand, producing more sustainable? Juliana, can you just say some things about that? What's your take on that? Mm, yeah, I mean, of course, I mean, at the center of uh, this kind of, you know, link between uh, presence, getting the now right uh, in order to address the future or self-care in order to have care of others and care of bigger systems, planetary systems and generational time and everything. Of course, there's, you know, we're we bound up in the need to sort of change over from both capitalism and the Marxist kind of, you know, her- heritage to a circular economy mm-hmm. and to uh, models of uh, uh, artistic 
creativity production uh, careers and so on that, that have to do with this circularity, you know, that renew themselves um, and, uh, and necessarily they will also be more collaborative as well. And that is something that, you know, like some, some of the arts in their education deal with that very naturally, theater and so on. Uh, and then, uh, you know, like, again, judges keep coming back to music. There, there are some parts of music, chamber music, orchestral music and everything that works fine like that. Uh, uh, the solo career is more difficult because it's competitive and so on, you know. Mm. So, so, uh, so how, how, you know, there's, there's some work to be done in the idea of, yeah, the subject, but in a, in a practical sense of how does the, the individual, you know, how many people will actually go out and have solo careers? You know, we're all working with other people the whole time. So, you know, maybe that's what we need to be better to train ourselves for in, in, in that sense. Yeah. Um, but of course, you know, like the, uh, the awareness of, you know, I mean, this, uh, yeah, the, all these climate packs, the tools that are available also, um, that, that uh, some of them are very kind of regarding material, um, yeah, energy and so on and some of them are uh, have more to do with soft skills and so on you know to equip all the students with all those mm. packages it's just a package they get like uh, music theory or whatever mm. you know <laughs> like they mm. need to they need to have that as a skill as a subject you know you have yeah. to pass that one you know you don't go on to your second year no. if you didn't pass if you don't know that that stuff you know exactly so some kind of very basic kind of like skills there that just need to be uh, delivered and they're there the, the tools are there you know they can be used um, but this this sort of deeper work on 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 how do we sort of move from our, the artistic subject as a single singular person and individual with all this stress on them and you know need to perform and everything into uh, the kind of trust and the collaborative model that that can create really really great creative results and so on for 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 many people and to attach that then to to the idea of making a a pathway, a professional pathway in a circular economy that is full of renewal and replenishment. And yeah. um, thank you so much to the panel, to Sarah, Kenneth, and Juliana. Uh, give them an, a round of applause.